Blog Talk Radio. comforting Hebraic word picture for us who are living in the end of this age. And so the flood, of course, represents humanity in unrest, humanity unsatisfied, humanity without direction or a moral compass. Humanity looking for answers and the avowed leaders thereof have no answers. People at large serve only as useful tools for the designs of the alleged elite. The hope for all of mankind, the hope for all of humanity, is the Lord who sits in throne above the flood. In John 3, Jesus talks about those who loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. In John 3.16, Jesus states, quote, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes into him should not die eternally but have eternal life, not everlasting life. The Greek has eternal life, unquote. So, the word used there, as you well know, is the Greek word agape. It is a noun of action in the Greek. The word faith or pistis is also a noun of action in the Greek. And so the word grace or charis is also a noun of action in the Greek New Testament. And so these are very, very profound and important doctrinal terms. The gospel is heralded, the good news is heralded or proclaimed to those who are not saved. Those who are saved or the saved ones must be taught Bible doctrine. They must be taught the word of God. One never sees in the New Testament Paul, Timothy, or Peter preaching to the church. We read 
that they reasoned, they spoke the word of God, they taught the people of God the word of God. Remember, in the Old Testament, when Nehemiah went back to build the wall, remember the book of Ezra and how Ezra was carefully trained in the word. He absorbed Bible doctrine. And what he metabolized into his spirit as true, he was in turn able to communicate effectively and decisively the word of God to his auditors because he knew he lived the truth of the word. And so we come to incredible words in the New Testament like predestination and foreknowledge. I'm going to be reading from Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost. I'm going to be reading from Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Peter says, quote, You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles, and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God have you taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain him. So we have two, uh, unquote, two very important words here, determinate counsel and foreknowledge. The word foreknowledge is prognosis in the Greek text, prognosis. And so it, uh, the, the words determinate counsel means to mark off or that which is marked off by God. In verse 23, we have this striking combination of divine sovereignty and human freedom held in balance. And so Peter brings these, uh, uh, these very important doctrinal terms to light in his great sermon on the day of Pentecost. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, Peter writes, quote, elect. Another very important term, the doctrine of election, elect according to the foreknowledge. Again, the word is prognosis theo. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit. Another very important doctrinal term. And unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace be unto you, and peace be multiplied. So, unquote. And so Peter, again, tells us of God's authority and God's sovereignty and how God has acted within the cosmos through his Son, through the power of the Spirit. And so when we go, we turn to Second Peter, Second Peter chapter 2, Peter talks about 
false teachers and false prophets. Uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Who shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction? Think about the people who have sought to undermine the deity of Christ by calling him a great teacher. They lift him up while they denigrate him so as to confuse you and me. They lift him up as a great teacher, but they denigrate him as sovereign deity. Be careful of the language and the way in which these people talk about our risen and glorified Lord. Don't hand over your faith to such persons. Listen very carefully to the way they speak to you. So in in 2 Peter chapter 2, he goes on, and Peter talks about, in verse 3, uh, uh, verse 3b, whose judgment now for a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that stand, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them to chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example. That word is specimen or exhibit or example unto those that after should live ungodly. Unquote. What is going on? Peter is telling us that God is in sovereign control of history. Now, why is that important that you and I understand and know this doctrine? Because man, in his arrogance, man, in his, in his willful pride, does not want to find himself accountable to God. But he is accountable to God for his behavior or his actions. And so there are those who are attempting to find a way to overthrow the end of history. These people do not want to meet God. They have these vast underground subterranean cities so that they can do their evil deeds, practice their evil uh, uh, practices and behaviors and rituals, hiding and hiding from God. But they cannot hide from God. They have a CERN. They are trying to find portals to other dimensions so as to escape the wrath of God, which will not happen. In 1 John chapter 2, we read these words, 1 John 2, and the world passeth away, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now, in Kenneth Weiss, 
uh, word studies in the Greek New Testament, he writes that these words mean what we have here, that the world is being caused. The world is being caused to pass away. Indeed, the verb passeth away is in what we call the present indicative middle. Present indicative middle. And so this is a very important uh, verse about uh, what God is doing. In other words, these words uh, tell us that this cosmos system is being caused to pass away by God. So there is no cause for self-confident boasting or the pride of life because God is sovereignly directing the end of history. No matter what philosophy of physics man tries, no matter what uh, system of mathematical of physics that are employed in order to redirect history to another end or to another end time, uh, history will ultimately, this cosmic history will ultimately collapse. Why? Because God is causing it to collapse. God is the one who is keeping this system around. Please read Hebrews chapter 1. He is upholding all things by the word of his power. You understand the uh, mass uh, energy and what, what it is. You understand that what we see materially, you know, is just energetic patterns. We are patterns of energy. We know this. Some, some scientists have said that the universe is a standing wave function imposed upon void. That, and there are scientists such as so James, James Jeans know that he has said that the world seems to be the production or a great thought. God is in control. God will bring the world to the to an end. Those who try or attempt to abrogate the presence of God in history are going to inevitably meet with him. The, the divine decree has been set. God has decreed that the creature will stand before him either salvation or in divine retribution. Good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.